Lecture topic. Malfuzit of Mulana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi. Before Maghrib, we were discussing this Malfuzit of Mulana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi, and in this was the very important aspect that always to be checking our intention, our motivation, what is the objective. And we discussed that incident that took place at that time. This then brought us to the point that we were discussing, mentioning about that on Thursday night in the Khatam of the Bukhari Sharif, it was conducted by Ustad and Shaykh Azad Rahman Sahib Dan Barakatuh. So in that the point that was explained, which is very, very important for us to reflect on repeatedly, that Bukhari Sharif, Imam Bukhari Rahmatullahi is a giant and these people with their insight, with their understanding, their foresight, the depth that Allah Ta'ala blessed them in things. So there is much to be understood from even the selection of a hadith they made, which hadith they brought first, which hadith he brought last. All these things have tremendous lessons in it. Now, Bukhari Sharif is a compilation of the highest authenticity of ahadith. So, this is presenting deen to us, right from the beginning of the kitab, all the various chapters that relate to imaniyat, aqaid, then ibadat, salah, and zakat, and fasting, and hajj, and then going on to all the other various chapters of deen, business, and social life. Every aspect, every facet of life is discussed in all the various chapters. So, presenting the whole of Deen basically. So, now if a person wants the success, he wants to become successful in dunya and akhirat, obviously the only path is Deen. He has to adopt Deen. So, this whole discussion of Deen is between these two covers. Obviously, it's not that every single hadith is only here. This is a very commonly misunderstood thing. And it's not just misunderstood by chance, it is being deliberately presented in that manner to confuse people. Those who reject the taqlid and following of an imam of fiqh, so they give this kind of impression that the authentic ahadith are confined only to Bukhari Sharif and Muslim Sharif. Whereas the reality is that while Bukhari Sharif and Muslim Sharif are compared Relations of authentic ahadith only. But it's not that ahadith, authentic ahadith are only found in these books. These two things are worlds apart. One is that in these books, they are only authentic ahadith. And the other is to say that authentic ahadith are only in this book. No, no. In fact, the number of authentic ahadith that are not in these books outnumber the num- those that are in it. So they made a selection from all the authentic ahadith. They made a selection. They had their criteria for selection. And they selected it. Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah had a, you can call it for the sake of a word, a pool of 600,000 ahadith in front of him. And from that six. 100,000 ahadith he selected what he put into Bukhari Sharif. So in any case, this is the discussion of deen. But now the person has to now, 
walk onto this path of deen to gain that success. But are we talking about a person with that insight, that mind, that understanding, and now he's presenting the selection? So obviously that placement of everything, it's not just willy-nilly, anything, anywhere. There's a very deep lesson in everything. So now the very first hadith he brought, إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ بِالْمِيَاتِ So the message in that, that mashallah a person will learn this whole detail about deen, and he'll practice it correctly also, but if he doesn't start off with the first point, that in that practice if there's no ikhlas, whether it's now going to come to his iman, there must be sincerity in it. If there's no sincerity in it, it'll be nifaq. He's uttering the words of shahadat, but there's no ikhlas in the heart. He's not saying it from the heart. It'll be nifaq. He's performing his salah, but he's doing it to impress somebody. He's doing it perfectly. There's no flaw in how he's performing his salah. But it is just to earn somebody's praise, just to gain some recognition, so that salah itself has become shirk. Man salah yura'i faqad ashraka billah. Nabi Islam says the person who performs salah in order to just show off to somebody, he has committed shirk. So now all the amal, the starting point in it would be ikhlas. So now the amal must be right. That is why this whole de- discussion of deen has been presented. But without this ruh and this soul of ikhlas in it, the last chapter that he brings is talking about the scales of justice on the day of Qiyamah, the scales of deeds, that the amal of people will be weighed. Now what is the message that took it started off right at the beginning, ikhlas, and all these amal have to be performed, but the day of Qiyamah is going to be weighed, it's not going to be counted, how many salah a person performed, <coughs> obviously the, the number is in terms of the first salah <coughs> or the first ibadat whether it's salah, whether it's fasting whether it's zakat then the number is also extremely important if that number is not in order that too is a problem, he performed four salah it's a major problem he short paid his zakat instead of two and a half percent he just haphazardly calculated something, it worked out to two percent in reality, it's a major problem so the number is also essentially important in the faraiz. But after that, it's not just going to be the number that's going to be counted, how many amal, how much the quantity was. But it's going to be weighed. And in weight, so something can be a large quantity, but it can be very light. Because it's cotton wool now. So you put now so many bits and pieces of cotton wool you can count now there's 1000 bits of cotton wool in there but the 1000 bits of cotton wool won't amount to one bit of gold that one bit of gold will outweigh that whole 1000 bits of cotton wool so it's going to be weighed but now what's going to bring that weight into that amal he did all the amal he did it correctly but if there's no ikhlas in it it'll be weightless on the scales of good deeds it'll be there but without any weight you know, to make it weighty on the scales of good deeds, he has to infuse it with ikhlas. has to infuse it with sincerity. Now this is that very deep point in the selection, where he started off from and where he finished off from. So, the point again coming to that malfuz that we were discussing, 
objective, the purpose, all the time to reflect. Why am I doing this? What is my objective? Can be correct, what the work is being done, what is being said, that can be 100% correct. But if the motive is not correct, then that too would be a problem. That too would, number one, lose the effect. If something is being said, but the motive is wrong, might be reprimanding somebody, but the motive is not to help the person. The motive is not to correct somebody for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. It's just to vent one's feelings. The effect of it will be lost. But he has the right motive. It might be simple words. It might be done in a very simple, unsophisticated way. Very, very basically, something he just said it. But that too will have, inshallah, the effect. So that ikhlas, that sincerity, that is of extreme importance. Then another malfuz, another statement of the Gangwe Rahmatullah Jis qadar apne nafse duri hai, isi qadar qurbi haq ta'ala hasil hai. To the extent that a person has distanced himself from his nafs, to that extent he has gained the closeness of Allah Ta'ala. So now, this is the yardstick to judge. Now, this is the yardstick which every person has within himself. He can judge easily within himself. That How to judge? To reflect that whatever I did, how much was the influence of the nafs in it? I said something, what was the influence of the nafs in it? One person, uh, the cause of some correspondence came up, no, well he regularly advises, uh, he's an ordinary person, he's not somebody that uh, is, meaning a learned person in deen. So now he says, no, he regularly advises through social media various associates. Now, after further, a little bit, a little bit further into the matter, who the associates are, so it turns out the associates are females, or not mahram to him, obviously, that's what we're talking about now. So he's giving them regularly dini advice, that was the point. He regularly gives dini advice. Shah, you give dini advice to these people, what suddenly became your enthusiasm to give advice to them in particular? He says, no, no, well, their colleagues at work, whatever else. And then what happens after you give the advice? You know, well, they will respond sometimes, and mashallah, jazakallah. And, and then after that, and then slowly as one gets a little bit deeper into it, they say, the asal wo chor pakarna hai. Outwardly sometimes, something is very, very innocent. And everything is looking very nice, very fine. But when you get deeper down, then the thief that's lurking there, that becomes apparent. But the thief is very hidden, subtle, very quiet. You can't just see it on the first look. When you dig deeper down, then the thief becomes apparent. So now, okay, you send these dini advices to these people. Uh, you wait for the responses also. That they might say something in praise or something of acknowledgement and, you know, Yes, when it comes, you feel happy about it, you feel something inside. Well, yes. Why you feel that if some, one of the male associates sends something, you feel the same feeling? No. So why there's a difference? That's your colleague also, this is your colleague also. And when that person sends some acknowledgement, Jazakallah, you don't think anything about it. This person says, Jazakallah, your heart is fluttering a little bit. So why? So is this deen or is this nafs? 
Are you giving dini advice or are you appeasing your nafs? And the selection of the dini advice, you're picking it up from here, from there, wherever. Are you sometimes selecting something because somebody there out there who you're sending it to, that female, she'll get more impressed? Yes. So is this deen or is this nafs? So shaitan is a very crafty fellow and nafs is in conspiring with him all the time. Sometimes nafs and shaitan derail a person, deceive a person in a deeny guise. The guise of deen. So now, initially the person thinks that, well, I'm, I'm doing something that's probably even I'll get rewarded for it. But the reality of it is different because behind it the only purpose is to appease the nafs and he's getting nafsani pleasure out of it. There's no dini progress in this at all. It's nafsani pleasure. One person, Allah Ta'ala protect us all, these are unfortunate realities that we have to bear in mind and when these things are compromised, when, when the laws of Sharia are compromised, then these unfortunate situations un- unfold afterwards. One person was working somewhere, and now some female also working there, so now she started having some problems in her marriage, or whatever the case is. So now he decided, well, she might have one day asked him something, out of just in passing with some whatever so he gave some advice so now he started asking for more advice so that more advice now he started giving and somebody now picked up something so he told him look this is not the right thing for you to do he said what's wrong with this somebody is in trouble somebody is having a hard time a problem and now there's they need the advice this is helping this is part of deen the person left it. After a while, both people's marriages broke. Just to cut the long story short. Now, where it started off from, Nafs and Shaitan put that deception. This is Deen, so you carry on. But that was actually the, just the surface of it. Shaitan just made the person just think that way. Behind it was the bait of Shaitan. So, this is a very, very subtle thing. Very, very subtle. And many a times, it's not just so easy for a person to understand it and pick it up. It might seem like we got it. But sometimes, we might just be thinking we got it, we are far away from it. That, to discern that. Like a person sometimes thinks everything is fine, but he goes to a doctor, a specialist, then they, that person who still can't just make out, after that scans and tests, something will now emerge. It was so deep that on the surface of it, even the person who was a physician also didn't, couldn't, couldn't pick it up. He had to now send you for a whole lot of other tests and so on. Only now it surfaced. So likewise, this is something very subtle, very deep. And therefore in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala cautions us, إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ إِلَّا مَا رَحِيمَ رَبِّي This is the nature of the nafs. It constantly incites towards evil. Except the person who Allah Ta'ala has showered his rahmat upon him. Otherwise, a person is in this risk all the time. And therefore, a person can never ever afford to drop his guard. 
He can never be complacent in this regard. And the very common thing, that familiarity, it starts opening the doorways to many things. When there is a lack of familiarity, there are certain inhibitions. But familiarity starts dropping the inhibitions. And then one thing leads to another. So this is a very, very subtle thing. It's something to be very cautious about and to be very careful about. And this is that point that is being expressed here. To the extent that a person is distanced from his nafs, meaning distanced from following the incitement of the nafs, from the desires of the nafs, where something is purely a nafsani thing, and he is now giving in to that. Whether it is something that what he is looking at at his phone, whether it is what he is listening to, what he is, where he is going, who he is associating with, all these issues need to come under the scrutiny of, is it nafs or is it not nafs? If it is nafs, a person has to then run far away from that. So to the extent that a person has distanced himself from his nafs, to that extent, he will get closer to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullah alayhi, very great Imam, Muhaddis, Faqih. So he once saw a vision. In a dream, he saw a vision, whatever the nature of that vision was, and in that he conversed with Allah Ta'ala. It's a dream. So in that he asked Allah Ta'ala that, how do I get close to you? Now this is a dream, but nevertheless it's a lesson. So the answer that came was, nafsaka wa ta'al. Trample your nafs, and the next step you are there. If you have annihilated your nafs, that is the step where you have reached. So this is the entire, this whole effort of islah and tasawwuf and tazkiyah, Actually, the sum total of that is really, it can be described in various ways, but one of the ways it's normally described, or often described in, is annihilation of the nafs. If the annihilation of the nafs has been acquired, then everything else has been acquired. Because then the doorways to everything else is open. The progress in deen is then very rapid. فرمائے کہ تمام افکار و اشغال و مراقبات کا خلاصہ یہ ہے انسان کو اللہ تعالیٰ کی حضوری ہر وقت میسر رہے ویریس اعمال در اپرسکرائبڈ اذکار اجغال ادھر ویریس ایکسرسائزز ناوڈیز دس ایس نوٹ سمتنگ دیٹس پرسکرائبڈ آفن پر پریویسلی دے مینی ڈیفرنٹ کائنز آف سپریچول ایکسرسائزز دیٹ یوز بی پرسکرائبڈ ویریس مراقبات دیٹ آر دن سیز دس سم ٹوٹل آف ایٹ آل ایز میننگ دیٹ وٹ ایز دس مین ٹو لیڈ ٹو what is meant to be acquired through all these things, the azkar, the muraqabat, etc. The end point of it is, and what is meant to achieve, is that constantly a person is conscious of Allah Ta'ala. That is the objective. When that has been acquired, that is what is described with the various different words, nisbat, connection of Allah Ta'ala, with Allah Ta'ala, wa Ta'ala ihsan, all this refers to the same thing this constant consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, when that has been achieved, then it becomes extremely difficult for a person to disobey Allah Ta'ala. Not that it becomes impossible, he's insan, insan is insan, but it becomes extremely difficult. Like a person cannot even imagine himself committing certain sins in front of people. It might be anybody, it might be a stranger. 
let alone somebody who he knows, let alone his parents or his family members, even among in the front, in the presence of total strangers, there are certain things a person can't imagine ever, ever doing such a thing. So when the person is in the presence of strangers, people he doesn't know, but because he's in the presence of someone, and he's merely conscious of that stranger's presence, that becomes like a wall between him and certain actions. So when the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala comes in the heart, then that becomes a very big barrier between him and sin. But this constant awareness, constant consciousness, Allah Ta'ala is watching, Allah is aware, Allah Ta'ala is aware of everything, the deception of the eyes, what the heart conceals, every single thing, Allah Ta'ala is aware of. So to the extent that a person acquires this, that is the objective, that he becomes constantly aware of Allah Ta'ala. Just to just finish off on this last manfus for today, and this is what is a means of great encouragement. It says that Jo kuch haktala tawfiq de kiye jao. Himmat naharo. That whatever tawfiq Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with, he is making tilawat of the Quran Sharif, he is making some zikr, some tasbihat, he is performing his salah, whatever little, whatever more Allah Ta'ala has given to tawfiq, continue with it. Don't ever lose hope. Agar kalb me asar na ho, na sahi. Akhir zuban se hona kya thora nafa hai? Sometimes a person says, but you know, my heart is still feeling so empty. I'm doing my mamulat, I'm trying my best, whatever, but my heart is not seeming to really take the effect of it. So, this is the point that is being mentioned here, that even if a person doesn't seem to find anything impacting on his heart from all these mamulat, etc. that he's doing, still continue with it. Is this a small thing that Allah Ta'ala has engaged the tongue in these amal? Yes, indeed, the heart is the essence of it. And that's where it should finally come in. But is it a small ni'mat and a small bounty of Allah Ta'ala that he has engaged the tongue in his remembrance? That too is not devoid of benefit. It's a very major benefit. The zuban Allah ki yaad ke sabab dozakh se baj gai, to dil bhi baj jayega. Inshallah, this tongue is engaged in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. This tongue will get saved from the fire of Jahannam. But in the same body is that heart as well. So if Allah Ta'ala grants Jannah through this tongue, through his remembrance, Inshallah, the heart will get there as well. So this is a means of encouraging the person that look, our job is to continue. Our job is to continue. One person, he used to keep in his munajat, he used to say these words. Ya Allah, you open the door, don't open the door. My job is to keep knocking. So I will carry on knocking. This is a way of expressing one's commitment. It was not meant that I don't want the door to open. That was not obviously the what is being said. What is being said is, I won't stop knocking. That's my job. So I will continue with my job. Then what is Allah Ta'ala's prerogative, that is His prerogative. When that will happen... That's not my job to fall into that detail. That why is it taking so long? I must carry on knocking. When it will open, it will open for me. And often it will open in a moment. When the tank, the drop at a time is falling into it. So it's carrying on for a while, good while. Doesn't seem like anything's happening. 
But the day it reaches, reaches the top and the outlet is at that top end, it just suddenly gushes out. So the thing is that a person should continue with his amal, continue with doing what we have to do. Allah Ta'ala will open the door for him. Allah Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala enable us to walk in the footsteps of these great people, understand what they have taught us, implement these teachings in our lives. Allah Ta'ala make us among his true and obedient servants. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نواله الله 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 
Save us from all the sins, Ya Allah. Save us, save us from the internal sins, Ya Allah. Save us from the external sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us among your true and pious servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'a, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a tawfiq of making your zikr all the time, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with khashiyat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with ikhlas, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with dillahiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Allah, make our nafs nafs mutma'inna, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make us among those, Ya Allah, when the time of our ruh is going to be departing, Ya Allah. Allah, at that time we hear that announcement, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna, irji'i ila rabbiki ra'biyatun maradiyya, fadkhuli fi ibadi, wadkhuli jannati. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, make us among those servants of yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila. Remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. All those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us every khair of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us and our families from all the fitnas, Ya Allah. From all the corruption, Ya Allah. From all the evils, Ya Allah. From all the vices, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. Don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين الحمد لله